Welcome to Torah Smash, the podcast for nerdy Jews, where our lives of Jewish learning collide with our love of nerd culture. In each episode, we discuss what we lovingly call a Torah Smash, which we have defined as a beautiful collision of one thing from the world of Judaism with another from nerd culture. I am Barack Malkin, and joining me today are Ethan Lane Miller, RDY. For today's episode, we're going to look at an overarching theme that I've discovered. And we're going to start with the first book of the Torah, Genesis, as I believe the theme of identity is woven into each of them. The first book has many different stories spanning the origins of the forefathers of Judaism, and I think each has a theme of identity. I'm going to do a quick run through, some very brief run through. Creation, literally the identity of the earth and the world we know. Adam and Eve, they discover the true identity when they eat from the tree of knowledge. Cain and Abel. Cain struggled with being second best after killing Abel, was given a literal marking uh, as an identity so he would be stuck wandering. Noah is responsible for saving creatures from the flood and is told that his identity is that he is the only good person and so he will live. Tower of Babel. God removed people's shared language and identity and scattered them around the world. Abraham has to decide how devoted he is and if he is willing to kill his son. Sodom and Gomorrah, it's all about if one person has good in them, if they are good, then the city should be spared if their identity is good. Jacob and Esau, who is the right person to receive the birthright, even mistaken identity when Isaac blessed Jacob. Jacob also receives the new identity of Yisrael, which becomes the identity of his descendants. Joseph uses dreams interpretations to tell people things about what he believes their identity will bring about. Moreover, Moses wrote Genesis for the people of Israel, whom he led out of slavery in Egypt, back to the land of their forefathers. Genesis provides a history of those forefathers, their origins, identities, if you will, their journeys, and their covenants to God. So, what do you think is the nerd connection of this collection of stories with the connecting theme of identity? Whoa. Um, it was a okay. lot. That was a lot of pre- text i get it i get it i apologize i'm not gonna be sorry i i'm I'm gonna shoot from the hip are you ready i hope so is it rogue from x-men being able to borrow powers oh that's super fun i love that that. way off okay well not way off you're in the right property okay did my laser hit the target am i on the target did it like hit okay no you just hit the property Okay. He said property, but does that mean Marvel or does that mean comic books or does that mean superheroes? Because I'm thinking like superhero origins. Uh, you're sort of on the right track with superhero origins, but it's a little more specific. Spider-Man's origin. We talked recently no, about yeah, we, no. the radioactive spider becoming a genetically modified spider. No, is, uh, it's a test. There's such a technicality in that response. I'm going to technically say no and technically say yes. Is the story part the important part of this? Uh, oh, this, this, yeah, this multi stories is is a big piece of it. Is this just the MCU? Can you narrow it down a bit for me? Is is, is this is this about reboots and telling the same story? Um, you're getting close. If we're talking MCU and reboots, what are we talking about? Uh, collection like, of stories, like, like a particular phase. We're talking about, we're talking about anthologies. Are we talking about Barack what is, if? Barack was nodding when I said a particular phase. Yeah, what if? Is it what if? No, it's well, partly all these technical yeses or nos. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into Marvel Cinematic Universe's phase four and the connecting theme in the projects, which I believe to be identity so yeah i'm so pumped for this let's start by confirming and clarifying that phase four of the mcu started with the show wandavision and ended with the guardians of the galaxy holiday special it included eight tv shows seven movies and two special presentations it was supposed to also have more right there were some shows that were cut. It was supposed to start with Black Widow, and that got pushed back, and then WandaVision became the it, first show. It, it didn't start with Spider-Man Far From Home? That ended Phase 3. That okay. was the last movie in Phase 3. So was, that was epilogue? Yeah, I think. It, okay. it was heavily connected to the after events of Endgame, and so they included it in Phase 3. Okay. So so you said started with WandaVision? Yeah. So we can... Okay. I, 
I've got another, you know, like if you enjoyed that deep dive of Genesis, we're about to get into my deep dive. Of phase uh, please, four. please. Thank you. Wow. So uh, I'm going to save our opinions of phase four until the end, because my thoughts tie into the topics we're going to discuss. I do want to give some credit to the YouTube channel Screen Crush, who also did a pretty deep dive on this connecting theme. So thanks to them for some of these resources. So as I stated, each project, I believe, has a theme of identity. I have the full list here with my full notes, and I'm happy to rapid fire all 17 of these projects, or I can just let you all agree or question certain projects. I'm also I'm sharing it with my co-hosts so they can take a look at this as well. And we've we've already touched on a number of these topics already without even realizing it in previous Torah Smash episodes that discussed some of these uh, some of these films and TV shows. I think that each of the phase four projects either deal with the question of who am I or who am I supposed to be? So do you guys want to rapid fire or do you want to question things? Oh, still looking for the file. <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to rapid fire for our guests. Are you ready for this one? <clears throat> Just like the Genesis rundown. WandaVision. Wanda changes her identity and the identity of an entire town to deal with her grief. At the end, she finally becomes the Scarlet Witch. Phase 4 starts with a project that jokes about this being the only hero that doesn't have a codename identity. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Sam Wilson is struggling with the idea if he's supposed to be the new Captain America and Bucky is struggling of who he is after recovering from being the Winter Soldier. Loki, a show filled with variants, showing the possibility of our identities based on our choices, also includes Kang, who in this series is preventing those choices from being made to prevent his other identities from trying to conquer other worlds. Black Widow, an entire world of trained assassins who have had their identities taken away now have to decide who they are in the world, as well as Taskmaster having their identity completely stripped away from them. What if? Showing who different characters would be if they made different choices. Shang-Chi changed his identity to hide and has to decide if he is his father's son and if he's supposed to take on his legacy. I also love that whole, you change your name from Shang to Sean like, concept, <laughs> like not totally escaping his identity. Eternals, they discover they're just copies of people and not sure of who they are or if their purpose matters anymore. Hawkeye, trying to recover from his identity as Ronin and Kate Bishop wanting to be Hawkeye. Spider-Man No Way Home, we sort of covered already. Three different identities of Spider-Man and at the end, like we've discussed, he loses his identity and has to choose to become the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man on his own. We're halfway through, folks, almost home. Moon Knight, dealing with issues of multiple identities and trying to discover who he is. Doctor Strange 2 deals with multiverse possibilities, showing him who he could be if he made different choices. Miss Marvel, leading a dual identity of polite Pakistani girl and superhero fan made superhero, also discovering the identity of her ancestors leads to a discovery of who she is. Thor Love and Thunder, Thor starts on a self-finding mission. Jane Foster struggling with the fact that she has cancer, taking on the identity of Thor, and Valkyrie struggling with who she is as a leader. She-Hulk, attorney in law, literally has a legal battle over her own name, which is her identity, and struggles with accepting both sides of who she is. Werewolf she by night. And she wanted it and then didn't want it and then wanted it. And yeah, then struggling with which identity was yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, werewolf by night about a man literally hiding his identity as a werewolf and trying to avoid that side of himself. Black Panther 2, Shuri is struggling with who she is supposed to be without her brother and at the end finally accepts the identity of being the new Black Panther. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Peter is trying to figure out his role as the new manager, I guess, of nowhere and helping to rebuild it. Meanwhile, Drax and Mantis kidnapped Kevin Bacon, thinking he was the other characters that Quill said that he was, literally a case of mistaken identity. So, take I, a deep I breath. Freaking loved, I, I loved the holiday special. I watched it <laughs> because I felt like I was obligated to for my nerddom. Yeah. And I, I was like, I'm going to hate this because bah humbug. And it was terrific. I, I actually haven't seen it yet. So it's spoiler super, alert today. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. I I I, I mean it's in the trailers. It's stupid it's, fun. I yeah. I could use some stupid fun in my life. That no, sounds yeah. great. Um, that was a lot. Can I also add yeah. that what Phase Four was supposed to be included Ironheart coming out before Wakanda Forever? Really? Yeah. It was like in its original 
um, release, the the schedule release, Ironheart was supposed to be June 22 and Wakanda Forever July 22. I also know that originally Spider-Man was going to take place after Doctor Strange and they had to do a little bit of reshooting on Spider-Man to like change things up a bit. Mm-hmm. It still would have been in phase four. And what you, I mean, when yes, you, yes, when you had guessed Spider-Man's identity, part of me said technically, and we sort of touched this on a little, I really thought that No Way Home wrapped up a three-part move, essentially a three-movie origin story of Spider-Man ending us with the, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, giving us the Spider-Man that we know and love in New York City with nobody knowing who he is, struggling through it. So th- technically his originals, but um yeah. And a little a little bit of a nod to that in the Quantumania previews where the coffee shop guy goes, thank you, Spider-Man to yes. Ant-Man. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what what is the next Marvel entry? And is that the end of phase four or is that the start of phase five? Start. Next one is Quantumania. Uh, and that is the start of phase five. OK. So, and Quantumania was listed as phase four when it was when phase four kind of came out at Comic-Con whenever. Mm. Um, as was Fantastic Four, as was Guardians Volume Three, a couple of others. So, how how much of this is due to storytelling changes, and how much is due to the realities of COVID? Yeah, that's that was a big that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, is that that there there were delays and reshoots and things that had to happen because of COVID? So, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, Barack, I guess to start to dive into your question a little bit, I do think I by what you're selling, that mm-hmm. identity is a theme throughout all these stories. I think it is stronger and more successful in some of them than it is in, in others. And I think, uh, I mean, like anything, any sort of media, like you're going to like things more than others. But I, I definitely think there are some that do this much better. And I also think there are some that focus more explicitly on identity more than others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of this ability to have this tie-in is that phase four is sort of a reboot, right? Phase three ended the Infinity Saga and phase four starts the Multiverse Saga. And we're getting new heroes, new groups of superheroes. We have tail end stories from the Infinity Saga. But really, I believe they're starting a new MCU, but building off of that, that I think this is why some of them work well. And some of them don't with what you're saying, because of this crossover piece from the old phase one, two, three and two phase four, five, six, but well, the- I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I'd use the word reboot. It's definitely resetting the game board. Yeah. Like new pieces are on old pieces are being retired, but it, it's not a, I don't think it's a reboot in the sense that like what happened before is not it's is not in the continuity anymore, but right. it, it is a resetting the pieces for what the next big arc is going to be in in phase. So so just like phase one was assembling the Avengers and getting them together for the first time, and then we had the arc of of you know Thanos looming, and then mm-hmm. suddenly it's there. You know this is mirroring it. It's the same thing. I think. What is interesting and what is a, what I think a somewhat valid critique of phase four is that in phase one, we had a pretty decent sense that it was building towards Thanos here. Like we know there's like multiverse stuff going on and, and Kang is maybe the big bad, maybe not the big bad, but like, it, it feels like it's a little unclear of what phase four is building towards exactly. And I, I'm so glad you brought that up because if we were to be in phase one right now and Thor just came out, right? We got Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk. Thor has come out. <laughs> Shrug. Um, if we have some of those first ones, nobody would say, well, Thanos with the Infinity Stones is going to be the big bad here. I mean, we've seen the Infinity, we've seen the cube in the Captain America movie, right? Whatever Nobody saw that coming until things started to wrap up and it really beautifully wove all of the movies back together. I am positive that especially with Secret Wars at the edge of phase six and the Kang and, mm-hmm. and Kang Dynasty, that while we can't see it now, 
they are laying the groundwork for what will become a beautiful culmination with Secret Wars at the end of Phase 6. That the what is happening in these storylines will ultimately affect from, from WandaVision and, and Loki essentially causing Phase 4, 5, 6 to be possible. That all of these different pieces, while not obvious now, I think we're going to look back in a few years and be like, oh, that is exactly why that thing in Falcon and Winter Soldier happened, or that's exactly why we got what we did in Shang-Chi or Miss Marvel. I think things will eventually come to light and make sense. But right now we are the building identity phase for this new multiverse saga. So I, I certainly agree. We're not going to be able to judge this till we get the bigger picture. And no, see what... judge. Let's judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I don't I don't think it's fair to because I, I think you are correct in that ultimately this is a bit about what it's building towards and what's next. This is only one chapter in, in the story, but this makes me think of those, the recent Star Wars trilogy that may or may not exist, RDY, where we saw what happens when you don't really have a plan. Uh, <laughs> I, I assume and hope that there is a plan and generally Marvel does have a plan, but as we were just discussing, we know that that plan has changed some of it out of very real necessity. So I'm I'm very curious, like, am I suddenly going to be like, oh, I understand why we had an Eternals movie. Cause like right now I don't. Right. Maybe, that, maybe I, I will. Yeah. Agreed. Totally. It's like the original incredible Hulk. It was like, all right, I saw it. Um, I, you know, Barack, you have me thinking about these phases in a new way. Mm-hmm. And and I think you're right. If we think about phase one, two, three is one complete story with with the 23 movies and a couple of TV shows that were that were part of that universe. Although in those oh, phases, God, did I really live stream 23 movies, Barack? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, you did. Man, I was nuts. Okay. Sorry. But if you watched those movies, you could watch or avoid the TV shows that were interwoven in there. Watching yeah, the interwoven shows, is a heavy-handed word for those TV shows. Thank you. Yes, that's and that's kind of my point. Like there were a lot of references to the world of the MCU in the TV shows, and that was super fun. Rdy, mm-hmm. I know what you mean by those TV shows, but. For some of our listeners, what what do you mean by those for, TV shows? For Susan, uh, you can for Susan. Sorry, sorry for my sister Susan, who might not be as in, into all of the nerd stuff as we are. Um, Agents of Shield was really the first TV show that was inter that was, was relating to was accepting the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Um, there there was the shows that led up to uh, you know the Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones. Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Yeah. Um, you know, the just which was just and then leading to the defenders. Yeah. Leading to the defenders, which oh. was phenomenal. Yeah. Defenders See, season, was another yeah, season one of Jessica comedy. Jones was a oh, personal so highlight. Jessica Jones was great. I hope they bring her back. And and such a and and such a an interesting take on mind control that yeah. we think, oh wow, mind control is such a cool power. Um, no, it's not. It's it's forcing people to do things against their will. Um, we we like, also don't have to mention uh, Inhumans, the one the one season of Inhumans. I'm I'm glad they brought uh, Black Bolt for the for Doctor Strange, but that was a terrible show. I will, I will also say I saw someone in Costco today who looked so much like Medusa that I almost asked if she was the actor, um, and and Agent Carter as well. That was yeah, you know bouncing off ideas in that world. I, I think I, I think in thinking of of phase one as the introduction, you know, we're I'm getting a team. I'm gonna call them the Avengers. Like that was always in the end credit scene. You always wear such nice suits. Um the <laughs> the and then in phase two we were starting to to see them developing into a team. And then in phase three they had the BBEG the big bad evil guy who they were going to fight against. Yeah. And so if I like be, thanks to you, Barack. I'm now thinking about Phase Four as introducing us to the heroes of this second series, which may be four, five, and six. So, like, we might not, you know, we're, we were so excited with the Thanos movies when when Thanos first started grinning at the end credit scenes. It was so exciting to see what they were going to develop to, and so yeah, maybe. 
Kang the Conqueror is is a minor BBEG. Maybe he's just one of the villains who's going to, you know, kind of like Red Skull. Like we thought we were going to see more of him. We thought he was going to be more significant. Yeah. Now, I have theories, but that is a wonderful transition to bring Kang in for my next really fun smash for this phase four. So the Torah is called the five books of Moses, but Moses isn't in the first book. He's only the yeah, person. It should be the six books of Joseph. Yeah. He, <laughs> he is only the person who is supposed to have been responsible for sharing the stories. So while he doesn't really make an appearance in Genesis, my proposal is that Moses is the Kang of the Torah's cinematic universe. That I do think that the rest of phase five and six are going to deal heavily with Kang and his different iterations. We're going to get the multiple versions that we got that the the character from the end of Loki, they don't really give him a name, but that they had presented. They didn't call him Kang in the show. I really don't think they did. I think we all understood it was Kang, but. Kang the Conqueror, that was not Kang the Conqueror. There are other identities of Kang, and I believe that was one of those other identities. Is Kang yet, doing- I feel like he used Conqueror for himself. Like he became they have others of we used words to describe me, and then he says Conqueror is one. I think I believe that's sort of a quote. Yeah, that do, do we do we think that Kang the Conqueror is in Quantumania? Uh oh, definitely. Yeah, I would say yes. And I think I think because we're gonna get secret wars, followed by uh, the Kang dynasty. Here is my theory, which is why I say that he's the Moses of that. Moses is the Kang of the Torah universe mm-hmm. because he showed up right in all of these projects. He was only in Loki. Granted, Moses yeah. isn't in the first book, but he's only in Loki. I am going to assume that based on what we learned, he will have these like hand in multiple buckets of phase four that we just don't understand yet. Just like Moses is the one retelling the story and Kang literally creates uh, is literally in charge of these different timelines, so to speak, that he's trying to conquer these stories that I think he's going to tie in heavily to phase four after the fact. But I think we're going to get secret wars deal with some sort of incursion situation that we got introduced to in Dr. Strange too. And that eventually the Kang dynasty is going to be the people from secret wars splitting off, battling Kangs from different eras all at once to destroy him as an entire entity as such, like the Kang dynasty, like all of these powers that be of Kang, that that's going to be the result. But I think that because of this unknown piece that we haven't yet discovered, I think he is going to have such a larger hand in phase four that we don't know about that'll tie back in because of these later projects that have been announced. Do go ahead, RDY. I want to, I want to add to that. So I'm thinking about, that's my new theory, folks date it 12, 22, 22. I'm thinking about phase two. Yeah. So the first movie of phase two is Iron Man three. What happens in, in Iron Man three is he's dealing with the aftermath of the first Avengers. Yeah. So there's a lot of um traumatic stress disorder. Traumatic yeah, thank you. Post traumatic stress disorder, there's a lot of um there there's a there's a lot of still needing to figure out who he is as Iron Man and and as Tony Stark, but at this point in the MCU, we know Thanos. We know he we know that he's the bad guy. So maybe it is going to be Kang as the main bad guy in this, because we already we've already met Kang right toward the end of of phase yeah four, um, <laughs> and then like you know Spider Man is a huge part of Secret Wars, a huge part of of the Kang story, Fantastic Four, huge part of the Kang story, um, yeah. Ant Man we know, but all of this. There's something in the preview of Quantum Mania where Ant Man's daughter, forget her name. <laughs> I'm just, I'm picturing, sorry, my best friend Jason 
hates trailers and I'm picturing it when we go to movies together, he sits and he cover, he plugs his ears and he hums a song to avoid anything. I <sighs> can just imagine him hating this audio format when he can't tell when we're done oh, talking no. about the Quantumania trailer. <laughs> Sorry, He's gonna Jason. Hate me. So, so in the Quantumania trailer, Ant-Man's daughter says, sorry, Cassie. Cassie, Thank you. Cassie says, we, we we built this. And then Janet says, that's communicating with the quantum realm. Turn it off. And then they all get sucked in. Yeah. Which means they're starting something that, and, and if it's, you know, and now we know that they're playing with time in all, all kinds of ways. So this could be, the initial Genesis story of Kang. Yeah, I think so. And I was even point out in phase two, right? Start of phase two, Iron Man three, his post-traumatic stress disorder is in sense caused by Thanos. Thanos is the one who sent the Shatari and he's the one that he battled in, uh, in the Avengers with Loki. But that was Thanos's army that was sent to help support Loki. It's because of Thanos that Iron Man has post-traumatic stress disorder in Iron Man 3. And so mm-hmm. even though he wasn't uh, playing a part, that's what I'm saying in terms of Kang having an effect on Phase 4 that we do not yet know about. Now, I know Loki and what if complicate this question and potentially Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. But do we know for sure that all these different properties you listed take place in the same timeline in the same universe? Oh, that is a great question. Like, what if what if we as the viewers are making an assumption and one of the big reveals is actually the Eternals are here because they take place in a universe that is actually separate from the modern Avengers? I love this. What if the incursion that was mentioned at the end of Doctor Strange 2 is an incursion between two existing universes that we already know about and we don't know yet yet that we met each other? Oh, that is beautiful. That is cool. I, that would be very fun. I don't know. But right. But and if, I don't I don't know that that works, but well, if we're going to Secret Wars, I mean, so many of the characters who they're developing were a huge yeah. part of Secret Wars, and so many of the characters that we are dying to see. Or that have had teasers mentioned from. Right. Um, you mentioned in the last when we were talking about uh, Loki a few episodes ago, you brought up Enchantress. Yeah, she's a big she's a big part of Secret Wars. Titania, who we met in uh, in in She Hulk, yeah. she's a big villain. Um, Kang the Conqueror, of course, um, but also a huge part. Galactus. Mm. Oh I my! I say Doom. Well, I think Eternals Doom. Eternals is introducing that I, that whole concept of Galactus. Absolutely, for the sure. Eater. Doom, and, and the, if you have Doom, you need the Fantastic Four, which we're getting. And also Magneto is a good guy. Yeah. I'm very well, excited. That, There's a lot that of I'm down for. Yeah. Which we which also means we need all of the X-Men and Deadpool. There's Deadpool 3 coming out. Deadpool was so Deadpool was a part of, of the of the Secret Wars, but Wasp made everyone forget. That's hysterical. That's a great and I hope that's a good time. It's very Deadpool. Right. And and Deadpool being meta and being aware that he's in a movie like that almost makes him able to like cross all the universes anyway because he's like yeah i know what this is yeah 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 this super i thought this was a beautiful comparison sorry i'm sorry for interrupting and deadpool can play with time we haven't seen that yet well we we did in the post credits we saw post credits of deadpool 2 that's so funny (gasps) do you that's very funny if he ends up if Kang mentions that you're not the only one that's done this, right? As a teaser to Deadpool coming in, that would be very fun. Oh, my oh God. that would be so fun. Yeah. Um, well, so I suppose this is all possible. And Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, I think they they add some fuel to this fire potentially because they actively play with other universes. And in Spider-Man No Way Home. It's about those universes coming into air quote hours. But in Multiverse of Madness, a lot of that is Doctor Strange going from hours air quoted into another. Hmm. <laughs> I love it. This is great. What were your what were your favorite phase four projects? 
do we have a limit? (sighs) (laughs) You can't say all pick one or two. If you can pick one or two. Uh, WandaVision will always be special because that came at such a unique point in the pandemic that it was a very communal thing. It was always like, Oh, what's happening next. It's a mystery in a way that many of the other properties won't. So it'll always be special. I don't know that it's uh, my favorite. I think Loki, Spider-Man. Loki is also special to you for community building since you watched it at camp. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I, I think, I think Loki, I think Spider-Man, I think Black Panther. If if you forced me to three, those are the three I'd pick. If you gave me a fourth, I would pull in uh, Doctor Strange. Hmm. I loved. I'm I'm sharing a lot of these things. Uh, WandaVision was great. I there's a screenwriting term of instead of a who done it, a why done it, and this whole mystery behind what was happening episode to episode was so fun for me so mm-hmm. i enjoyed that launch into this new era as well as the introduction into sword and some of these other greater galactic pieces of the mcu and then i loved how could you not love spider-man no way home with the multiverse crossovers and bringing in older characters and versions I, so so those those two for me i think were my top uh, phase four projects i think both of those, so I, I'm going to go with WandaVision as well. Um, and for a similar reason to Ethan, that WandaVision came out, the first episode of WandaVision was the week after we started allowing one family t- that we were going to hang out with, mm-hmm. um, that we were going to be physically in person with one family. And they would come over every Shabbat and we would do our our Zoom Shabbat services in separate rooms. And then we would come together and we would all have dinner together. And then we would go to the living room and watch WandaVision. So it was, it was our Shabbat evening activity um, for the entire run of WandaVision. And nice. when Loki, That's wonderful. That's nice. Yeah. And when Loki came out, we did the same thing with Loki. So there's that. Plus the WandaVision had was so ripe with easter eggs yes like yeah more, i think more so than any other uh single project because because the commercials led to it posters on the walls led to it the changing times meant they could change the background and do different easter eggs for every episode and yeah. it, it was just like so chock full of of hints and clues and i think that was pro- partly probably also the nature of being the first in the phase. Can we just say, I love Feige. Um, like I, I would just love to sit down and have, have a coffee with him and <laughs> just pick his brain. But um, if, if anybody has connections to Kevin Feige, we'd love to have him on the podcast. Absolutely. Send us an email. I, I'm I'm going to add Shang-Chi. And I think in a, on a different level as just a nerd, but when I was a kid, I used to love Kung Fu movies and huge Jackie Chan fan yeah. and like the early stuff, um, Drunken Master and Fearless Hyena, like really old were the only cool thing about the movie. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. I didn't know yet. My cleaner used to bring me old VHS copies of her son's Jackie Chan tapes. Uh, tapes. So I had like a whole collection of really old Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee movies and everything. Yeah. I mean, watching Jackie Chan do Kung Fu was like watching a master ballerina dance. Well, he did more than just Kung Fu. He was an expert in multiple areas, which is what, and and the choreographer of Shang-Chi was a choreographer of Jackie Chan's, which is why the bus scene was so probably heartwarming to the two of us. Yeah. yeah, which is where I was going with that. So, oh, so absolutely, sorry. thank you. <laughs> and, and I mean, watching them fight was like watching them t- was like watching Jackie Chan dance. It yeah, was it was absolutely. the same. Yeah, so I think I think those two for for different reasons than just part of the the MCU. But I think also Spider Man No Way Home for also different reasons of that the not just seeing the characters from uh, from other um, other film series that we loved like that was fun, but it was also a way to say hey folks whether you're a Fox fan or whether you're a, a Marvel Studios fan or a Disney Plus fan it doesn't matter we are all in this together so I like that. And then, okay, Loki. <laughs> I swear, just one more. I just love right. one more. I swear. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's really only four. I'm just doing. I'm just doing a lot of talking. <laughs> but with Loki, the intro, all of the introductions and all of the possibilities, um, and and the way Loki ended with that, like, wait, who are you? Moment where, like, we, we there, it could go anywhere. Season yeah. two could be anything. And I also like. I just can't wait to see some scrolls. I want to see more scrolls. Yeah, Secret Invasion. We'll get that a Secret lot. Invasion. Secret Invasion. Yeah. So we're gonna get. And more. who knows? Who knows if any of these properties also included scrolls besides what we got blatantly yeah. at the end of Wandavision? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna do. Let's do an existential. I love. Let's just do like a existential Jewish experiential question. It's got to be a better way to phrase, <laughs> phrase that. Um, when did you? Speaking of identity, when did you? if you think you have already discovered who you are and who you were supposed to be. I know my answer. Ooh, go ahead. My answer is when I became the regional director of Nifty Texas, Oklahoma region. I had been in the Nifty sphere for a while. And in spite of me being in, in that s- sphere for a while, I was still nervous to to do this job. I was excited for it. I was nervous. And I remember after my first event, this overwhelming feeling of I am doing what I am meant to do. And, you know, we, we talk about the best teachers are the ones who learn from their students. I learned from my six teens on the regional board so much so that, you know, the the tragedy of my story is I got to do that job for just about a year until the pandemic happened and blew everything up. And so I personally have gotten myself to the point of being able to say what a gift that year was, as opposed to looking at it as the future that was robbed from me. Cause I wanted to do that job for years. I wanted to really, really do it. And what I've chosen to take from that experience was the confidence in what I learned, the confidence in who I am. It was a transformative experience for me that I am forever grateful for. It was a very, very special year in in my life. And I will even include April, May, and June, Barack, as you remember how hard that time was for us uh, as well. It was in hindsight, a very tough part of my learning experience that year, but still one that I learned from. I wish I didn't have to, but it was, it was just such a transformative experience for me. And I know like the joke is like, okay, it's just Jewish youth group. It's just a youth group, but it was meaningful. It was worthwhile. It was impactful. And so it, it, for me, that was that experience. And I could take 10 more minutes talking about it, but I won't. <laughs> No, so that's that okay. no, that's you all can okay. talk. That's great. Uh, RDY, do you want to go next? I feel like I learned it all the time. I knew that you were that still you were still becoming who you're supposed to be. Always, and you know, when I became a rabbi, I was really excited. Um, I know that my dad was very excited because he called it when I was 13, and it was the last thing I wanted to do. So I'm really glad that he got to see me as a rabbi a few times. And I think that as I became a more confident rabbi as an assistant and an associate in Florida, and then became a solo rabbi here in Southern California, it was a new identity. And now that I'm in a job search, it's another new discovery of like, not only who I am, but who do I want to be? And who am I presenting myself as? And who do I hope they see in me? And even like, are they listening to the podcast to to figure out who I am? And how correct is that image? It's a real mind job. But they, you know, this is all it's, it's always becoming and, and becoming is such a an important part of being. RDY, there's something you said that resonated very deeply with me, which was the jump from assistant and associate to solo and how that changes that changes things. And I think that's what made my nifty experience. And for me, my nifty experience is purely as an adult. I never did it as a, as a teen. That to me was a transformative thing, going from an advisor 
a volunteer advisor to a full-time youth engagement director to an assistant director to URJ camp who focused on year-round programs, worked very closely with Nifty. But despite all of those changes, the biggest change for me was making that jump from supporting Nifty to being the regional director. And something my current boss said to me that I'm going to hang on to a lot was don't worry about trying to be the leader you think they need. Just be the leader you are because only only you can be you. Like you can't be anyone else. And I think that's part of what that experience helped uh, embody for me. It helped gonna, me be who I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on that also. That comment. I think that is a wonderful explanation of identity of the not assistant but the solo. You need to become your own person in order to have that identity, that sole identity, or else you are this extension of somebody else. And I relooked at these phase four projects, and all of them have this moment where there's this forming of not connected to something else, but connect just themselves. And aside from the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, every project is based out of this like single entity hero, no groups, no partner, like, you know, Hawkeye's technically a partnership, technically fine, (laughs) (laughs) but they're all robots. So does that matter? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, thinking about my piece, I would, the story I was going to share was discovered who I am was a program at URJ Kutz camp when I was in high school where the theater leader for the program I was in had us do an activity where we essentially the premise was if you are usually a follower, I want you to to take a voice. And if usually somebody who's a leader, I want you to sit back and listen. And that shift in my own mindset of, well, I usually am a follower. So let me step forward. That transition from being a follower to stepping up and having a voice for the activity completely changed who I was. And I will point that as like a huge identity formation for me. And I usually point that out when somebody asks me that specific story, because it, it completely altered the perception of who I could be in a situation of being the leader. And that was when I essentially changed from a follower to a leader from that one project. But I think that ties into what you said about not being the associate, but being the solo of like having to step up and having to have your own voice. Yes. And it, a lot of these, like you said, these phase four movies are are either named after one person or after a pair of people. And yeah. um, except for the Eternals, da, 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 da. <laughs> um, but, but technically, but looking, technically Black Widow, because that's an identity of all of them. Right, that's true too. But if you look at um, at if you look at Phase Five, the the proposed Phase Five, the the with the first thing being Quantumania, yes, it's Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but they're nothing without the other. They're that not not entirely true. They're great. They are greater than the sum of their parts. And and even better when they have the former Ant Man and the former Wasp helping, and and the and with Cassie helping, and with all with all of the people who I assume they're going to find in the quantum realm to help, it makes them better. The Guardians of the Galaxy, the whole joke is how they vi- they do all this vying for supremacy, and and you know, and you're a bunch of jerks, and you know, and they argue, and but they're lost without each other. Um, even Loki and Sylvie, even Daredevil, his greatest weakness is his refusal to get help from time to time, and how he's so much, you know, so much better at the def- with the defenders. And so, this is like we need teams, we need community. When you know, in the genesis of our Torah, when everything is washed out, and when in the Noah story, and and humanity needs to start over again. And eventually we get to Abraham. What does he do? He starts to grow. He starts to build community. He starts to build wealth and servants and, and family. And he has children who go and build their own families. And then, you know, eventually Jacob who has the 12 and the tribes and the blah, blah, blah. But all of this, what really makes it special is not the singular heroes, but the community of heroes and, and the, the community of heroism. Yeah, that's great. Um... Barack, yeah, you may need to cut this next section, but I still want to ask it. Oh, I hope not. Now, go ahead. What does it say that some of the defining things in our life were cuts or nifty, respectively, and those programs don't exist now? Wow, 
What a that's question. A, well, I, here's the thing. Uh, that's a great question. I think it's tough, but I will venture to say that in a lot of people's lives, the things that form and create who they are disappear, fade away, get torn down, etc. Right? There, there are probably older listeners who spent every summer in the Catskills at those, you know, the Neville and right, and those buildings are not what they were at all. There, those summer camp experiences don't exist for new people anymore. Or if somebody had spent every Wednesday going to a comic book shop that is closed and that place that formed who they were and that community where they found no longer exists. I think that the reformed Jewish community does hold those places to be very special. And I, I use the nifty program as a place because it moves where you are as opposed to just the buildings that like we're at cuts. I think they'll always hold a place, but time changes Change is difficult. Change is really hard, which is why that question sounded like a difficult one. But I don't think just because they disappear mean that they're gone. I think they have formed a very strong connection to the people who need them to. Right? Your nifty piece, my kutz piece, those programs aren't there. And yet, when asked, where was your identity found? It was found in a place that doesn't exist anymore, which is okay. For us, it was what we needed. There are going to be people who have programs that now exist, right? I cannot wait until somebody says, you know, my summer at URJ Six Point SciTech Academy, which did not exist when you and I were younger, that is the place that they found their identity. That's something that did not exist when we could have found it, right? So there are places that other people will find belonging and identity and formation where we were not able to, just like the places that we were able to find formation, connection, identity do not exist for other people to be able to find that again. It's just, mm -hmm. it's a moving piece. Yeah. I think a part of my soul was just healed right oh, there. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you all for joining me on Ethan's <laughs> therapy session. <laughs> That'll be a, it'll be $500. Great. This is the, um, this is the origin story of the new Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, let me ask yeah, you. I've, 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 oh, I've tried ahead. to take that perspective. Like for sure, like every, everything changes. Nothing is constant. And like the thing I had to grab, this is going to feel so silly, but we'll all get it. Also, my family's favorite restaurant closed last month yeah. and it was devastating. Like that, that was the place we would take guests. That is the place we went to celebrate things mm -hmm. that, that was our place yeah. and it closed. And it's like, thank you universe for another reminder that nothing stays the same that I'm getting older, but you're right. Like I still had great food there. I still have great memories there. Who I am now has, doesn't change now that it's not there. I'm still who I am. And I cherish those moments and those experiences. You know, I was going to say man plans and God laughs. And now mm. maybe I'll say man plans and God teaches. Oh, but that doesn't rhyme in Yiddish. Oh, does it rhyme in Yiddish? The other one? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. Let's let's wrap up with a question. Thoughts on Phase Four? How would you rate it? Let's let's give it a smash rating. Uh, what is what's my scale? Four thumbs up. Four thumbs up. Phase Four. Oh, Phase Four. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. All of the projects had their own take. I even, you know, it took me a little while to get into She-Hulk attorney at law. But once I realized that I was watching a law show and not a superhero show and every week had a different case for her to solve, that is when I said, this is a great show. It felt like Jessica Jones, not a superhero show. It's a private eye show. Get in your head that you're watching a private investigation show in Jessica Jones, and it's way better. It was already amazing, but it's a very different perspective. You need that oh. noir spinning fan in a dark room with the name scratched off the door. It's exactly what she got. It was amazing. So overall, really loved Phase 4. I cannot wait for what's next. Can I also add that all of the Defenders shows were different in, yes. Their, yes. in their genre? like. Like you said, Je Jessica Jones was a was the spy show. Um, Iron Fist was classic kung fu. Daredevil was the the comic book show, and Luke Cage was black exploitation. Yeah, and and maybe Jessica Jones was also a little bit of soap opera. Mm, but ish, ish, ish. 
I'll give you, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll agree to ish, but they were, they were all. Yeah. They did. The, the Netflix shows were great and I, it, they ended up going downhill. So I'm very interested to see how it, it'll, they'll pull back. I want them to bring the characters from those shows back because when they brought daredevil in, he was such a great addition to She-Hulk. And I really hope we get to see Luke Cage and I hope we Mike get to Coulter. see Jessica. Thank you. Mike Coulter. Thank you. I really hope we get to see Luke Cage. I really hope we get to see Jessica Jones. Yeah. I, I, they can they could hire a new Iron Fist. But yeah, overall, we're, we're in agreement. <laughs> overall, uh, Ethan, what was your phase four thoughts? Phase four thoughts. You know, in this universe, I think it had some very strong moments. And I think the overall picture is a little unclear. I think I need to see what this is all leading to for me to fully vet and and appreciate it. Like for for every Spider-Man No Way Home where I can just gush on and on, I have the Eternals where I'm like, what, 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 why did I? Okay, great. This was, this was a thing. Okay. We did this. Yeah. I think you'll get it. I think you will. I, I, I hope so. I mean, it, thinking about the 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 three TV shows that started off, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, WandaVision mm-hmm. could not have been a movie. That was purely made for TV. It played with the format. It was brilliant. It was great. Falcon mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier felt like they took a Captain America movie and stretched it out and cut it into parts for for TV. So I I don't know. I'll I'm I'll be curious to see where it all goes. Cool. I think I need to start watching these again instead of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, no. Well, let me let me close and say that, you know, I I'm a Jewish nerd because I have explored the different sides of me and I've completely accepted and welcomed those parts of who I am. We all can still struggle in hard times of how we are supposed to act, who we're supposed to be and who we are ultimately meant to become. Moses told the stories of where we came from to make sure that we know that our history and the choices of those before us helped to shape and create the world we know. And if you're still not sure, don't worry, because you may find out you're supposed to be in your own phase five or six. (laughs) We'll find out. Um, Yeah, looking forward to phase five and six, everybody. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for Quantumania. Yeah, same. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of Torah Smash. Our fiscal sponsor is Jewish Creativity International. Our theme music was created by Sean Fogel. You can check out Sean's bands and studio work at www.thesleepywest.com. We want to hear from you and continue today's nerdy discussion. Go to torahsmash.com to find where to connect with us online, purchase swag from our store, support us with a donation, find previous episodes, and more. And if we ever need to hide our identity, we've learned from the best. We'll simply change our name from Torah Smash to Horus Smash. Let me do it. Yeah, Let me do ahead. it. Let me do it. Yeah. Okay.